Good morning, Shiloh family. I got to tell you, this is not what I expected to be doing on my Saturday night. Um, this past week, um, I tested positive for COVID, and I've been kind of dealing with that this week, and I've started to actually feel a lot better. Um, however, I'm still testing positive, and so I can't be here physically this morning. We've also had a lot of other people in our church um, with COVID, and so that's why we've kind of changed things up, and that's why I'm virtual this morning, because I'm at home quarantining still because of COVID. And it, it just is one of those things right now in our world that is so uh, just fascinating, I guess. Uh, it's beyond, and we're so used to things like this now popping up that it's not really bizarre anymore. It's just we're kind of used to these hiccups. Uh, it was interesting today, I was, and this would be Saturday, I was um, going through a drive through and I saw someone walking into a store wearing a trench coat, gloves, and a ski mask. And just how out of place that looks in Texas. But in 2022, it's completely acceptable. Uh, it, it was really funny. A few weeks ago, I was at Brookshire's, and someone was wearing a bandana for a mask, and they were writing a note to the cashier. Um, I, I'm guessing demanding money or something. It was, I guess, a holdup. Um, but, but no, in our, our world today, that looks so just familiar. And if you, you think about it, the way my week started out, um, if you were to go back and look at my planner, I had no plans of this being a different Sunday than any other Sunday that's come before. Um, I, I definitely didn't plan to drop what I was planning to preach today and record a Saturday night sermon that would be played on Sunday morning. That wasn't in my plans, but one of the things we've learned over the last couple of years is that we have to be extremely flexible. And maybe one of the biggest blessings in all of this is we have all become much more flexible. And I think it helps us to remember what the main thing is. Like we're, we're not missing our time together as the people of God. It just looks different. But we're reminded that that is the thing that matters the most to us. And we've got to stay plugged in and focused on that. And so like I said, I'm going to kind of change directions for the sermon this morning. We've been in a series called Shiloh Road and we're talking about our core values. But um, I want to kind of hit pause on that this week just because it's so different. And we're going to come back to that series next week. And I just want to share just a, a brief message from maybe one of my favorite people in all of Scripture, and it's a guy named Moses. And if you know the story of Moses, Moses start out, starts out in Pharaoh's household. He kills this Egyptian, and he ends up fleeing for his life to a, a city called Midian. And he lives there basically for 40 years. And he's tending flocks on the backside of the desert when God suddenly speaks to him. And I want you to listen to just a, a few words from this text. This is in Exodus chapter 3. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of his father, or <clears throat> was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horab, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. 
why the bush does not burn up. Now, there's several other versions of this. And I love the way in here in the NIV it says, I will go over and see this strange sight. But I think it is um, the ESV. It says, I will turn aside to see this great sight. And it's that idea of you're going one direction and you turn aside, you go out of your way to go see what is going on, to see what's happening. Um, because in Egypt, Moses probably couldn't turn aside. Moses had a place, he had something to do. But here on the back side of the desert, in the, the outskirts of Midian, as he's tending a flock, he sees a strange sight. And because his life has nothing else that's really going on, he notices this for the first time. And maybe that's the true miracle of the story, is not that the bush would be on fire with the glory of God. Maybe the miracle is that Moses now has enough space in his life to be able to turn aside. There's a really fascinating ancient rabbinic commentary on this passage. And, and some of the rabbis say, perhaps the bush was on, on fire this past 40 years. But it's just now that Moses finally notices it. In other words, maybe this bush has been on fire the entire time Moses has been wandering through the wilderness. But now his life has slowed down to the pace that he could actually recognize it. That he could see it. Maybe this past couple of years have been one of those burning bush moments for us where the pace of our life has been forced to slow down, the rhythms that we were so used to have been interrupted, that maybe we can see and hear the voice of God like never before, if we're willing to learn to listen. And what I've noticed in my life in the past couple of years is I've been forced to slow down, my tendency is to try to recreate those patterns of that fast-paced life rather than take them as a cue, maybe to be more alert and aware of what's going on. You know, there's a phrase that in my life I've kind of learned to hate. I don't want to hear the mechanic tell me this. When your spouse or when your wife is in labor and delivery, you don't want to hear the nurse say this. If you order something at a restaurant and um, the waiter says this, it's probably a bad sign. You don't want to hear it when you're waiting on a refund. You don't want to hear it when your marriage is in crisis or when you're trying to overcome an addiction. You don't want to hear it when you're trying to lose weight or when you're trying to forgive someone, or maybe even forgive yourself. And the phrase is this, this may take a while. 
I hate hearing that phrase. Hey, this may take a while. This may take a while to forgive yourself. This may take a while to get better. This may take a while to forgive them. This may take a while to be able to love again, to trust again, for someone to trust you. This may take a while. And for Moses, it takes 40 years tending a flock in the desert before God is going to call him out of that relative obscurity to lead the people of Israel. And I think there's a really powerful truth within that story. That God needs Moses to learn to lead himself before he can ever lead the people of Israel. Maybe that's one of the the most important lessons we learn in the wilderness is how to lead ourselves through it. Because you have to know that before you can lead your spouse or to lead in your work or to lead in your community, to lead your children. You've got to know how to lead yourself. And I think part of that for for us as followers of Jesus is being able to slow down long enough to recognize and realize what God is doing around us. You know, when this whole pandemic started, I remember the very first Sunday we preached, and I was in the, the story of, um, oh man, if I can, and I'm not editing any of this, by the way. I'm just going to record it, and you get what I get. Um, oh, I was in the story of Elijah, and talking about the drought that lasted three and a half years. And I was kind of joking around in the sermon. This is week, you know, week one, one and a half of this whole pandemic for us here in, in, at Shiloh. And I said, wouldn't it be funny, right? and I, don't, I didn't say funny, I don't think, wouldn't this be crazy if this pandemic lasted three years? I mean, can you imagine waiting three years? It doesn't seem so funny anymore. It doesn't seem so much of an impossibility. But my question is, in this time with so much uncertainty, with so much waiting, are you learning to hear the voice of God better? Are you learning to trust Him more and more in this process? Because we, as people, are so focused on a destination of where we're going. But I think the more the more wisdom I I get, the older I get, I I find that God spends so much time working in our detours. When we have to kind of deviate from the path that we were planning on. And I think the reason is because in those moments, we have to trust Him so much more than we did when we were so certain of where we are going. We're, We're so unsure in these moments. And we have to truly walk by faith and not just by sight. We don't get to rely on what we've always done or what we've always known. 
And I think one of the, the most important ones, when we, we say this a lot here at Shiloh, I think you'll probably get tired of hearing this at some point, but just to remind you that God will take you to places you have not chosen to go in order to produce in you what you are incapable of producing on your own. The Bible calls that grace. And I wonder if this past couple of years has been God's grace for the people of Shiloh, preparing us maybe for what comes next, helping us take some steps to trust Him and to follow Him even when we're not really sure what we're doing. I was in youth ministry um, for 10 years prior to coming here, and, and most, of God, most of you know that. But we had gone on wilderness trek one year. And at this base camp we were out, there was this lake, and it was about probably 25 yards across. And there was, um, you've got to think, this water has just been coming off the mountain. It was, you know, snow or ice just a day before. And now it's this um, little pond or lake. And there was this challenge that if you could swim across to the other side and back, that you got to write your name on a board. And, you know, for a, a college, high school kid and even a young adult, like, that's, that's a big deal. Like, you want to be able to write your name on there that I did this. And I wasn't a great swimmer. I mean, I know I've told you my swimming stories before where I finished seventh and eighth place um, in the swim meets, but I decided I was going to go for this. And so I, I jump into the water, and it is so, so unbelievably cold. And it's just one of those things, like when it hits you, it just feels like pins and needles just poking all in your body. And so I, I start swimming, and like I am so, such a bad swimmer, and I'm so out of breath. I'm swimming across, I make it to the other side, and I stop, and my buddy goes, all right, you ready to go? And it's like, you had to turn around, and you had to go back. There was no walking around. I mean, it was a long way to walk around, and so you had to swim back across. And so I'm like, all right, fine, I'll jump back. So I jump back in, and again, that water hits you. And I just took a huge breath, and it, like my mouth fills up with water, and so I'm like half drowning and half swimming across this freezing pond, and I finally get back to the other side. And I had a buddy who was a Navy SEAL, and he was thinking, like, I was this close to jumping in to, to pull you out. I thought you were going to drown. But anyway, I make, and I go write my name on the board, and I'm talking to one of my friends that night. And he said, well, well, how was that swim? And I thought about it and I said, I think that was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And he looked at me and kind of just giggled a little bit. Now, at the time when I did this, I was probably 24 or 25 years old. I hadn't done a whole lot of hard things. And I asked him, why did you laugh? And he says, one day, you'll have some experiences in your life that are way, way harder than this. You see, in that moment of some of the things I experienced, that, I guess, ranked right up there towards the top. Looking back right now on my life, I don't know if that would make the top 50 most difficult things I've done. But those moments along the way prepared me for things that would come next. 
They prepared me for some things that I would have to do later on that were going to be more difficult. Maybe right now, as we look at the challenges of our world, maybe God is preparing us for some things that are coming next. Opportunities that He wants to prepare us for. To prayer prepare us to be ready to minister in these situations, in these circumstances. Maybe what he's calling us to in these difficult times is simply faithfulness. That Jesus, we're going to trust you. And we're going to follow you. No matter what comes. Just a little bit later in this passage, God comes to Moses and he says, go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Can you imagine Moses 40 years earlier? The Moses who killed the Egyptian and was so sure of himself. I think if God had told him then, go to Pharaoh, Moses would have just said, I got it. You you picked the right man for the job. But now, Moses is completely unsure of himself. And he doesn't know what he's going to do. But what he does learn to do is be completely reliant on God for everything. God, I can't speak. Don't worry. I will give you the words to say. And Aaron will go with you. Somehow, God orchestrated this beautiful, magnificent plan that he would use Moses to lead Israel out of bondage and slavery. That there was something so much bigger that God had in store. That Moses had no way of knowing. But I think it took that time, those 40 years in the desert, where God was preparing him for what would come next. I'm just going to ask a question. Is it possible God is using this time to prepare you for what will come next? Is He using this time to prepare me for what will come next? Is He using this time to prepare Shiloh for what will come next? Go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. This time for all of us has been challenging. It's not what we planned or what we expected. 
but maybe it's in these moments that we get to see God at work in our life and learn to trust Him like never before. My hope and my prayer is that through all these days, you are seeking after God. And that you are seeking and listening to His voice. And trying to follow the way of Jesus. Because I believe that is the one thing that still has the power to change the world. The power of Christ at work in our world. And I believe He is looking for people to partner with, to bring that message into this world. Hey, thanks so much for letting me share just a few words with you this morning. Um, I hope this week you get to see God doing amazing things in our world. Father, I thank you so much for this time. And Father, I thank you for this story, this beautiful example of you leading in our lives, your people. And Father, my prayer today is that we would be able to trust you more and more today than we did the day before. And that we would follow with unwavering faith. Father, I pray your blessing on us today. In Jesus' name, amen.